Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us each and every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I am your host, Marcus Stewart. Alex Van Aken out on special super secret assignment, but I am joined by the incredible Kyle, King of the Hilliard. I, I almost said your last name again, like Hilliard Hilliard. <laughs> but I, and then I realized that the middle part is the Nick, like, like it's King of the parentheses and then Hilliard. Oh, like the the Mike Judge show. It's what you're getting at, right? I was talking about the, the, the Halo Oh, like the the game. Yeah, the oh. game. Yeah, that's what people think of first. When they Which hear is King based of on a childhood game. Yeah, H- Halo didn't invent that. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Well, you you would know you're the Halo, Mister Halo. How are you that's doing, right. Kyle? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I'm. Ex- I, I I have some good games to talk about today. I played good games for once in my life, you guys. <laughs> uh, no, this year has <laughs> been awesome. There's been tons of good games this year. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, someone else that has probably played good games as well is Charles Hart. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm good. I'm Charles Hart. I'm your associate editor. And then today I'm also vocal coach and songwriter. <laughs> oh, God, right. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I won a bet. Because I said yeah. <laughs> because I said Fortnite would be at Summer Game Fest. And I was right. We knew you were right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Charles, I want to clarify. We won a bet. Okay, I, I did not lose either. That's true. Okay? Yeah, we but shared I shared this victory. But I came in first, right? I got two right, or did we? Do we each get one? Right? You, you There's won no it way of more knowing, than you won the bet more than I did. But I, <laughs> okay, I, okay. I, I also won. I guess. Sure, sure, saying. sure. Because you didn't. What Charles is referring to, folks, is that uh, this is episode six sixty four of the Game Informer Show, right? And the reason I bring up the episode number is that I've been listening to the Game Informer show since its inception. From Matt Hagelson, to Ben Hansen, to Tim Turry, to Ben Reeves, to the Alexes, to I guess now me. And I, <laughs> I'm going to wager, and I haven't listened to every episode, but I've listened to damn near most of them. I don't think we've ever had a musical performance on an episode of the Game Informer Ooh. show. Like a, a an honest-to-goodness, like song and dance number not i mean i don't know if you're gonna dance but you know i'll leave I it up to yeah. you <laughs> i think uh, you specifically said you didn't want to dance many times well yeah. i he says that but yeah. we'll see once he gets into the groove he it might just happen True. uh we'll see. folks i'm referencing that this is the day has come kyle hilliard if you remember lost the summer games fest challenge a couple of weeks back where he had um we the three of us made our predictions for summer games fest Kyle's predictions were all really wrong and were incorrect. They all really wrong. <laughs> I, I got, yes, you got none right, right, Kyle. You got zero correct. I gotta find the notes. I don't know if I have them anymore. I think I deleted them in, in anger. <laughs> you balled up your digital notes and threw them in the. Right. You you drag you clicked and dragged them into the recycle bin and then you emptied the recycle bin <laughs> and you right see the, the hell out of that time. thing. So uh, the punishment we decided would be that Kyle would have to perform one of Charles's lunchtime songs, which for context, because this is a very inside baseball thing in the game informer work slack. Every time Charles goes to lunch, anytime any of us go to lunch, we all 
just kind of say we're going to lunch. Like, I just put the word lunch. And sometimes I'll put an exclamation mark if I'm really excited about what I'm going to eat. <laughs> but Charles, has been, he goes the extra mile where he writes song parodies about going to lunch. Like, he just mm-hmm. takes songs and, and rearranges the lyrics so that it, you know, it tells everyone he's going to lunch. He's basically Weird Al. It's kind of the second coming. Basically Weird Al and no one's talking about it. It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, we should actually we should get Weird Al <laughs> just, on the show. They should just call see. me call me Weird Charles from now on. There strange we go. Chuck. It's to clarify. Stra- I like Strange Chuck better actually. <laughs> That's awful and good. So uh, Kyle is going to have to perform one of these uh, amazing songs. So this is the first time that uh, people outside of Game Informer will be exposed to it. So, you know, no more added pressure, Kyle. Uh, this is that you right. have to make Charles's uh, art look great. And the song we decided was that you were going to be covering uh, Escape from the City from Sonic Adventure. Is it two? Two. two. Too, yeah. right yeah the ga- come uh, on marcus the game where the open the first level is escaping from the city listen i'm in the camp of thinking those two sonic adventure games are bad so <laughs> <laughs> come at but me this one head. song look you just had to be there right it's like one of those i was things <laughs> i was i was there <laughs> I, I i saw the dreamcast i i didn't own one because i knew better but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I never liked those games. But uh, so, yeah, that'll be coming up shortly. Uh, the other thing I'm going to point out, uh, another history or historic milestone is that this will be the last episode that I'll be recording probably with this computer. Because remember oh. last week when I was talking about buying a new PC, I have since purchased that PC, guys. Congratulations. It's on its way. It's supposed to actually it's the earliest it's supposed to come is today. So if there's a knock on the door and you see me rush out of the room without warning, it's because I'm going to be signing a little clipboard to be like, here's my new uh, machine. So I'm, I'm going to be part of the, the PC master race. They've invited me in with open arms, a historically welcoming and understanding community is what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm and I just want you. you guys to be excited for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Man, uh, you're going to have so much fun troubleshooting. Like, uh, it's going to take up so much of your time. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. It's like, ah, I just want to play this game, but what if I could change settings for 20 minutes before Or you get it and it doesn't turn on. And then you spend an hour uh, being like, why didn't it turn on? Then you've got to just make sure the motherboard didn't get loose, which happened to me one time. I had to tighten up the motherboard. How did that? Oh god! It just got god. loose in shipping, and I was, I was, a, it was a disaster when I took it out of the box because I was like, "This just not even, it's not even turning on." I can't even Google c- computer doesn't turn on. <laughs> and uh, but then I found out but it was I'll, just yeah. some components had gotten loose, thankfully. So okay, well, I had none of those fears or anxieties. So you'll be fine. You I have bad luck with, with those stuff. things, so <clears throat> you'll have better luck. You're smarter than me, so. Is there like a game or thing that you wanted to do with your current PC that you couldn't that now you'll have access to? Like, is there anything you've unlocked with this level up? It's funny. I think Alex asked this question last week, and I, I think my answer was a, a blunt no. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think that has changed in the last week. It's it's I, I mentioned it's like not growing up with a PC. Even I just am used to not thinking about that stuff being a console gamer for most matter, and like i want to like i've had like gaming capable pcs this is actually my first desktop pc i've only had laptops by the way 
Mm. So I got like an honest to goodness tower coming. Are you in a um, laptop right now? I yeah, I've been laptop this whole Whoa. time. Whoa, it's like a Whoa. gaming capable laptop, but I never yeah, I've always guessed. had a laptop. Yeah, it, it, does that change your opinion of me? The way you said, honestly, I've expected that from you. Honestly, it improves <laughs> it because I'm like, man, this guy's so professional, and he's on a laptop. He's not even on like a big boy computer. Like, dang, <laughs> so professional. Man, <laughs> he really knows what he's doing. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, it's gonna. It's just gonna be nice to be able to play more games and not worry about it, and also stream better. Like that's that's kind of it. I'm I'm sure once I get used to it, and maybe people will send me messages being like, "Hey, you should do this like wild thing overclock." Like I'm just gonna say words that I've heard PC people <laughs> use without cons. Like you should overclock that thing and um, run diagnostics. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be running so many diagnostics, guys. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch that video of Henry Cavill building a, a PC shirtless for for inspiration. Well, hold on. He has a shirt on in that footage, I think. <laughs> I thought he took his shirt off at one point. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love how confident you were about that, Kyle. Like, you're so familiar <laughs> with this Henry Cavill PC building video. You're like, there's no way his shirt's yeah, off there. Yeah, I thought he had a shirt off. He has. He's he's missing sleeves. He's showing off the guns. <laughs> he's missing sleeves. Yeah, he lost. He misplaced his Can't find him. <laughs> and so he had to build a PC instead. He's like, I was gonna find my sleeves today, and I can't. So I guess I'll build a computer. Uh, <laughs> We've all been there. So yeah. Also, this will be the last episode where uh, I have a wisdom tooth because i like almost immediately after this episode i gotta go to dennis to get a wisdom tooth taken out which is why we're recording this earlier than normal because it i mean it might have been fun to have recorded this like post dentistry <laughs> and see how they if you want it on the video version see blood <laughs> pouring out of the corner of my mouth Ooh, as i'm talking yeah, about that's happening games. marcus like the, something went wrong blood should not be pouring <laughs> out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some is blood is I... unavoidable, but pouring out of your mouth. Yeah, like, no, yeah. You, okay, is you that should... when I call them back and say, "Hey, yeah. uh, what what happened?" Assuming <laughs> you can like... talk, you know. <laughs> okay. Also, I need some advice. I have been told, and I've had a wisdom tooth. I've had two ta- teeth taken out before. I, for the first time, I have been offered to get knocked out with the gas, which I didn't even know was ever on the table. But I guess this one place <laughs> I'm going to is like, "Hey, you can." You can opt for that. What did you and get I'm still out with like before? deciding like should I should I do that? It was just no okay. Like I was pr- I've always been present for like Okay, but uh, but wait wait wait. wait. Are, are you you said I've got like you've had teeth pulled before? Yeah, I've had two teeth okay, taken out before. But this is a, your first wisdom tooth? No, my second. I've had one taken okay, out. Okay, cuz I was going to say fine. for me and maybe it was just they've improved how these things work cuz I think I got my wisdom teeth taken out in like 2005 or something like that. Like, it was, yeah. like, a whole thing. I've had teeth pulled, and it sucks, but it's, like, fine. But wisdom teeth, I had to be knocked out, and it was, like, a long period of recovery. Like, I couldn't eat solid food for quite a while. But it sounds like your yeah. experience was, like, much easier. Yeah, mine were taken out not that long ago, but it was, like, I want to say, like, eight years ago, something okay. like that. And, yeah, it was just like, hey, Novocaine. It was like any other procedure, like, you're numb, pull really? it out, and you're good. And Maybe then, yours, you know, I, mine I, were, like, embedded, too. I think might have been the problem. Like they had to do right. surgery. They had to cut in, into the back of my jaw and pull the teeth out. Or maybe yours are exposed. Oh. Yeah, maybe that's mine the are exposed. That's why it's coming okay. out. So they're like, oh, it's kind of coming out a little too far. We should just yank that out. 
I mean, I had mine out. will knock you out, dude. Take advantage of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had mine out in 2017, and they knocked me out, and I, it was honestly great because I didn't have to think about it. And yeah, you're just awake yeah. without wisdom teeth all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you do need it. to be driven home, but. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I it's just me. So oh, I, I was gonna yeah. say, is there drowsiness or whatever? It's that. Yeah, like you'd probably yeah. have like, hey, to get an Uber or something if you don't have anyone available. At short notice, you know, you're suddenly oh, okay. making these plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys are being my, my dental consultants on yeah. this, by the way. I, I appreciate it. Um, Have you so, played yeah, Castlevania guess... Symphony of the Night? Oh, only a million times. Okay, now. because that was the other thing about getting my wisdom teeth removed is recovery. For whatever reason, I was just like, I'm going to play Symphony of the Night. And that's where I discovered my love for Symphony of the Night was recovering from my mm. wisdom teeth surgery. So I was going to suggest the same for you. <laughs> Okay, you can play Vampire Survivors too, the new Symphony of the Night. There you go, as yeah. they say. Uh, also, shout out! I before this, I was watching a little bit of the the new No Clip documentary on uh, Vampire Survivors mm, uh, with the puppet, the Daniel Dwyer. Yes, I I love that so much. <laughs> I think that's the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, I need to finish it, but I just want to shout that out. It seems pretty good so far. Uh, anyways, uh, I think we put this off long enough, so I think we're just going to jump straight into the uh, the musical segment. Of oh, the show. we are? Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I figure, Kyle, we just ripped the Band-Aid off. You don't want you dreading it the whole episode. Let's yeah, just... Yeah, that's a good point. Get it done now. I can't be talking about Pikmin if, like, I'm just sitting there thinking about having to <laughs> Sonic. sing. Okay. Are, from the now, city. Kyle, are, are you... Are you a musician at all? Like, if I give you some musical terms, are you going to understand what I'm saying? I think so. Probably, yeah. So, because because you're not super familiar with this song, just so you not you don't get tripped up by the. No, I I played I've played that level probably two or three times in my life. Mm-hmm. That's my familiarity with. <laughs> Should have probably picked the Sonic 06 song. Right. The the words theirs and just in the first like stanza there. Okay. Yep. Those are both pickup notes. Okay, I don't know what that means. I thought maybe I would know, but I don't. A pickup note is is when, so like a measure of music, it's all like one, two, three, four. A yeah, pickup okay. note happens right before like the main measure. Okay. So it's not. And one. Yeah, so it's there's not much to eat and just eat what I want. So just so you know that you got you got you got to prep for it as it's coming. You got to catch it before. I feel like maybe I'm having some like choir PTSD <laughs> flashbacks because I've had some very strict choir teachers. But I'm almost afraid that if Kyle screws up, you're gonna flip out. <laughs> no, no, Charles, I just want you to know, like, I, I appreciate your confidence and like giving me heads up about these pickup notes and everything. But like, this is gonna be like. Uh, uh, chaos. Like this is gonna I'm, be like yeah, bad. chaos. Simple. Okay, I'm yeah. not a singer. I play that's drums, okay. but I'm not okay. a singer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know what you do, Kyle or, or Charles? Like I used to have a, a scary choir teacher when I was a kid, where every time if you went off key, she would throw those like mini Bibles at the person. Oh my Whoa. god, that's not. Yeah, cool. like she had like a bo- yeah, she had like a box. No, it's not. <laughs> she had like so a box funny. of them, and she would literally just chuck them across the room. And Four one time throwing. Hit- yeah. And she was missing fingers too, which was even more impressive. But like, she once hit like a girl right in the face because wow. she was like too is too the, high or something like that. Is the movie Whiplash based on her? <laughs> yeah. J.K. Simmons sat down with her Whoa. and picked her brain about how to be a a jerk. That's basically. so funny. So, I, if you have any books you want to check at the camera whenever uh, Kyle messes yeah, up, feel I'll free. Throw, I have actually a book of trombone solos behind me. I'll throw that at him. Okay. okay. <laughs> 
That's my that's my Bible as a trombone player. Gotcha. So, so this is is this the whole song? This is like three verses you've got. This here. is this is through the first chorus. Is so what's the what is the chorus of the song? Follow me. So set my, I, me free. But so I'm not you, even getting to that. No, you are. You are. It's through that. So you'll do Chinese food. <laughs> You're my dude. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay, it's, all right. Well, let's get to it. I, I, we're talking about this too much. Okay. Um, I have a karaoke version that I'm going to play for me, and we'll I'll add it in post. So if you're watching this, listening to this, you, you should hear it. But Charles and Marcus aren't going to hear this, okay? And then the karaoke version that I'm using has the old lyrics, right? Displayed karaoke style. So I'm going to try to like because I don't know the song very well. So it's gonna I'm gonna like try to match these things up. All right. Let's just we're gonna get to it. Oh God, I'm I, I apologize in advance. Okay. Do you want like an intro? Like a, everyone, Kyle Hillier. Nope, that builds it up too much. That makes it too. <laughs> oh, uh, I already said it. <laughs> yeah, it's done. All right. So this is I'm gonna count myself in, uh, which is mostly for me and uh, 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 the. Why is I'm sorry? What is his name? Why is his name escaping me, uh, Marcus? Fresh who edits 40? the podcast? Why am I forgetting? Oh, oh, Matt, Matt Storm. Matt Storm. I I'm sorry. Your name <laughs> slipped my mind. It's a crush forty. <laughs> the stress oh. got to you. Okay. All right. Here we go. Woo! Turn it up in my headphones. Oh yeah. Looking around to find things to chew. There's not much to eat. Maybe leftover Chinese. Glad I'm remote because I don't have to pack. Just eat what I want, be it meal or light snack. Oh, wait, okay. This is already a disaster. But really, what should I have? Those Chinese leftovers are not sounding bad. But really, what will it be? Something here because it's all free. Okay, that set me free, okay. Uh, Chinese food, you're my dude. If you're expired, then I'll be so screwed. Make sure to chew, swallow it. Chinese food, you're my dude. If you're expired, then I will be so screwed. Make sure to chew and don't be rude. Swallow it. I think that's it. it I really, I really got like way off at some point because I do not know this song. <laughs> I'm so excited to listen to this back with the really music. Great. Oh, boy, that was terrible. I really, I really botched that after like the third line. I was like, I think I had the first two lines, and then I was like, wait, how uh -huh. does this song work? Uh -huh. You know, I was uh, over the weekend. I found myself in a weird YouTube uh, rabbit hole of watching like compilations of like American Idol auditions and like X Factor and stuff, like the bad ones and whatever. Oh yeah. So I, I had the moment of like, all right, who? Which of me and Charles, like, who's the Randy Jackson? Who's the Simon Cowell? Like, who's going to be the harsh one and tell Kyle, like, what, what everything he did wrong? <laughs> okay. It'll be the commenters, I think, right? Like, how, yeah, they're collectively Simon Cowell. <laughs> that the internet is the Simon Cowell. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much like a hive mind. I think yeah. I would have had, I mean, I, I do play drums. I'm not as, like, practiced as I, I used to be, certainly. But I think if you had just been, like, just make up drums for this song. I would have had a better time than trying to like sing it. Like I, cause that's at I least like I that have idea. like a little better understanding. Like once I get the like the timing, it's like, well, I can just put my own drum beat in here and do whatever mm. I want. 
sound. Yeah, we we can add that in post, right? Matt, yeah, you're listening. You can put like a sick drum beat in there. Yeah, sorry, uh, Matt's gonna be like, this doesn't line up at all. What was he? He's not even close. Uh, Kyle, where the well, next the next bet, I'll choose a better song for you. Yes, a round of applause for Kyle. You know, oh, thank respect. You. Respect. I'm glad you, you stuck to your, stuck to your word. I'm sure you'll never make this bet ever again. No, I'll do it again. I just oh, look, Charles. Oh. <laughs> I think that oh, okay. shows was up that... in the video version. Oh, yeah, I was no. gonna say, does that show up? Okay, I think I, it does. Is, is that a soundboard through Discord? Does, yeah, is that a thing now. We have a bunch of stuff in here. They keep doing the. Uh, we always hear the quacks during meetings. Oh no, is this showing up? I know it's it's I, showing up. Yeah, watermelon slices on your face. So I'm not I'm not hearing anything, Kyle. <laughs> I just see I only that. see everything on Kyle's face. Like he just has like ah. fifty thousand eyeballs. You have to like do you have to get like this was it turbo, like the paid version of Discord? No, I think there's some so in there. It's there's oh, I, some I that are native Oops. to the the servers. But then if you right. get if you have if you have nitro right, nitro, you can use yeah. from other ones. Ah, okay. Nice. All righty. Well, thank you for enhancing the show even more, Charles. Yeah. I appreciate it. Of course. If, if uh, I sing the song in the future, what I'll do this is a, this is an interesting idea. I'll practice beforehand instead of just winging it. Mm-hmm. How about that, you guys? That'd be a good idea, right? That was going to be my advice as as your vocal <laughs> coach. Like, hey, have you, you have you seen anyone? Maybe you could. There's there's have potential you? there. You just gotta really. You're a diamond in the rough, Kyle. You gotta really hone it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's enough silly stuff. Let's get down to some real to serious, serious business, uh, which is video games. We've been playing quite a few of them. We'll jump into maybe the hottest release of this week, or I guess last week, technically. Uh, that being Exoprimal, Capcom's new multiplayer shooter about wearing exosuits and fighting dinosaurs that rain from the heavens and also time travel. Uh, I'm currently <laughs> and also time pl- travel. P.S. Yes, <laughs> this one says on the back of the box. I'm currently playing it. I'm actually uh, playing it for review right now. I'm hoping to get a review up, maybe end of the week. Maybe we'll see. But I've been playing quite a few matches. I also got to play this uh, pre-release a few times. I know you've played uh, demo or betas of it, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles, have you had a chance to play it at all in the betas or anything? I haven't, and also like. I think every time it showed up in a showcase, I've had to like write something else. So I mute the stream or something like I don't even really know what the game looks like. So anything you could tell me. Okay, I, I'm almost uh, I feel bad for you because I say the one thing that this game actually I'm, I'm going to rephrase that because it's going to sound negative. I will say up front that I'm enjoying the game so far. And I would say one of the best things about it is is the visual stuff, because it like the image of seeing a thousand raptors open like fall from the sky from like a weird bubble and like sliding down skyscrapers and then your team of like super cool future mechs start blowing them apart and they go flying is amazing it's so stupid looking (laughs) it's it's the promise of dynasty warriors you know at its greatest visual fidelity cross with Mm. dinosaurs you know and it works yeah exactly dynasty warriors there you go yeah, uh, I'd say the game, it's a multiplayer-only game, and it's a lot like Overwatch in the sense that it's two teams of, uh, I believe, five. Um, there's different classes from attacks, supports, tanks. You can switch classes at any time during a battle, and it's uh, it's like a co-op race where like your team is racing against the other team that you don't 
come into contact with regularly, and you're both trying to complete the same objectives and see who can do it the fastest. And those objectives change with each match, uh, but like the bulk of all of them is that you're going to be assaulted by hundreds of dinosaurs all the time. You're running down different lanes and routes, and they're like, hey, raptors are falling in, and here's pterodactyls, and here's a giant triceratops. Kill those stupid things. Send them back to the Cretaceous period. And you blow those things apart. And there's other little objectives along the way. Like I said, there's uh, there's an Overwatch style like, hey, uh, transport the payload. And there's uh, there's one where it's almost like a boss rush where they'll just throw three of the like the big dinosaurs have like they're pretty much little boss. Where they have like giant health bars of like, here's a giant Triceratops. Here's a T-Rex. Here's a I forget the other one, but it's, it's like T-Rex adjacent basic car- carnivosaurus i want to say it's called something like that they're all yeah they're all based on real dinosaurs right it's, there's not like right. a lot of fictional dinosaurs so to speak you know i hate the um i forget the name of them but you know the ones that have like the dome skull heads that like ram you ankylosaurus or... i believe that's right no those... i think ankylosaurus Ankyl- they have the tails ankylosaurus are the ones that look like armadillos yeah, because yeah. I like yeah, Ankylosaurus because you know ones... my name is in it. Yeah, it's not those, but you know the one that it's almost sort of like raptor shape, but it's got a yeah. In, in skull Lost, in Lost World, Pete Postlethwaite Postle- called them Elvis or something. No, not Elvis. He had a name for them. He, Remember, he, in Lost yeah. World, it rams the car. Yeah, and the guy flies on the other side of it. Yeah, um, but anyways, those things are a, a pain in the ass. <laughs> they <laughs> they knock the hell out of you. I got killed because one like knocked me off of a map and I died. Um Moloch. Thank you. Or uh, Pachycephalosaurus. That too. Um, I forget what they're called in the game, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you had like a boss rush of those. But you know, I think there were a lot of questions about this game. I know there's been some beta, some people have had like a taste of it, but it was just so weird. And some people have been sort of disappointed that it's not a Dino Crisis game. And you know, I, I feel like. I don't know if people have been negative about the game, but I think people were just like not sure what to make of it. But I've after playing a bunch of matches between this and pre-release, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Nice. That <laughs> yeah, that like, seems to be the internet perception is like a lot of people are like, wait, hold on a second. Should we be paying attention to Exoprimal? Like right when it released, people were kind of like, hold on, everyone. I think this is really cool. It is. And I'm not even a big multiplayer. Like Kyla, you and I are kind of like kindred spirits and like we're not big multiplayer really anything not even just shooters like it takes something special for me to get into a multiplayer mode and 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 overwatch was one of the rare games that hooked me like those those early years or so of overwatch i was like yeah i I love this this is uh it's really cheerful it's fun i like the cooperation aspect uh and this game hits a lot of those same notes like it you know they do the same thing we're like hey there's play the game or not play the game but like here's the best player and here's commendations for like hey you healed everyone give this guy a hand great job and <laughs> i i've always liked that sort of like encouraging people for doing well and not so much on like oh here's the kd ratio and here's how bad you were <laughs> that kind of thing uh and this game hits a lot of same notes it's uh it's also plays really well like it just feels good to play like it it performs really well i'm playing on xbox uh, this game is also on game pass by the way so that is a it's a big help for like just trying to get a party together and in, in a low maintenance i guess kind of way yeah um but like it runs well it's really smooth like a lot of the just attacking feels good like my favorite class is zephyr which is like the melee class he's got like a, a sword you just go around just hacking at dinosaurs and 
You can do this really sick, like, uppercut kick that launches a bunch of dinosaurs in the air where, like, you can do air combos or maybe your teammates can blast them out of the air. But like, it just feels good. And I, I've dabbled with uh, all the classes, and I also have uh, uh, the three unlocked classes. Uh, like, the um, my favorite tank is this, uh, I think it's called Muramase, and he's got, like, a Sephiroth long sword. And you just go in there and just rip dinosaurs apart. And he also <laughs> has this cool, like, kind of like Harden ability where he just sort of like shields himself. And then if you slam into him, you can perform a counter and just knock the crap out of people. And like every class has its own strategy. I, I liked most of what I played. I'm not a guy that generally plays tank characters, but I've liked the, um, and I apologize. I don't know all the names, but um, it's the heavy gunner one. He's he kind of, he's like the big shoulder with the chain gun. I got a cool skin for him where he has a bunch of cherry blossoms all over him. So he looks like a cherry blossom tank man. Uh, <laughs> but that one's pretty fun. Uh, the healing classes are, are enjoyable. I like the, um, there's one that looks just like the weird skating robot from the, one of the recent Transformers movies. <laughs> but every class feels fun to play. The, the It feels like the roles are pretty balanced where it doesn't feel like you always need to have one of everything to win a match. You know, it does the Overwatch mm, thing okay. of telling you, like, hey, just as a heads up, you don't have any healers or you don't have any of this. But I've played matches where it was just pretty much offense-focused and demolished a team or one that was, like, we had two healers and we did well. Like, it, it feels like you can make anything work depending on how well the team works together and how good the individual players are. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, having, I'm having fun with it. I don't know why... It's still, I think, like I said, it, it, people weren't sure what to make of this game. And it almost like some people maybe are afraid to admit that like, hey, this is pretty cool because maybe some people expected it to like be nothing or to not be great. But it, it's fun. And honestly, the other thing that it does for me is as again, as a more story focused player, the way they integrate their narrative into it, because this game does have a story and yeah. it's. That was my big question, actually. I'm glad you're yeah. touching on this because this is what I wanted to know about. This is the make or break thing for me. It's like, will I play Exoprimal? It's like, if the story is engaging or goofy or weird or fun, like I'll, I'll check it out. You know. So let me know. Yes, it's a lot of those things. Oh, um, so the plot of this game is that you're you're part of this team of like uh, Exopilots who crash land on this island that has been destroyed by uh, this like. I mean, one, there's like dinosaur outbreaks that have plagued the world for some reason. You don't know why, but it's just been happening for a while. And there's also this weird AI called the um, Leviathan, who is sort of like the game master. And that's how they sort of like the narrative reason for why you're completing these matches over and over is that it has trapped. uh, It's pretty much captured this island and trapped in a weird like time bubble Mm. where it's trying to think of how to explain this but basically they crash land there and your character gets transported back in time three years prior to right before the fall of the island like it's like the day that the island fell which the island itself was like this thriving city that had this big research facility that's sort of responsible for what's going on and you're just reliving that day over and over through these war games which are what the matches are called and it leviathan for whatever reason really wants combat data for seeing how the exopilots can fight the dinosaurs. Like it thinks that dinosaurs are the perfect opponent for these pilots. <laughs> so it's like, you're going to hear like 
val the words valuable combat data a lot from Leviathan. Like I cannot stress enough how excited it gets about that damn combat data. So it's uh it's Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children, the movie or the book, whichever you prefer, but with dinosaurs okay. is what you're saying. I've not seen either version of that or read it but i'm gonna believe you <laughs> and you're also meeting uh there's like parallel dimension stuff because when you get sent back in time you meet a character who is from an alternate dimension who also yeah, is trapped multiverses in the are bubble. so hot right now they're really yeah. yeah so you're seeing like alternate versions of some of your crewmates and so they're trying to figure out what to get uh, what's going on but there's no single player campaign it's a multiplayer only game so the way the story is told is that there's a thing called the analysis map and it's a radial sort of a flowchart that has all these unlockable cutscenes, and they connect in these different nodes. And you're basically working your way to the middle, and the middle node is presumably the ending because it just says like based like how to escape or like escape the island basically. And so when you play matches, you unlock more scenes in the node, and like on the outer rim, it's like smaller cutscenes or like audio logs or whatever and then those smaller scenes will connect to a bigger scene or a bigger mystery is what they're called like they're like oh these are the mysteries we need to solve of like who is leviathan what is the albius corporation which is the corporation you work for what happened to the island what the hell is with the dinosaurs and as you're unlocking scenes you're like okay i'm filling up the meter i'm almost going to solve this mystery and we'll get to see what the answer to this is and then that will get me closer to the how do we get the hell out of here story and I, it's a pretty effective hook. Like, you know, you get your normal rewards for f finishing matches. Like, you get chests. You get, like, oh, new skins. Or you can level up each exosuit individually, too, which is nice. So if you have a favorite, you're like, I'm just going to keep working on this guy and get him up to level 20 and get new stuff for him or whatever. But also, like, the, the, the other carrot of getting more cutscenes. And I'm going to say, again, that the story is so stupid. <laughs> but it knows that it's dumb. And I like that. Like, it's so wild that you're kind of like, I, I, I need to see where this goes. Because, like, the things that they are introducing and, in, like, the just the outer rim, you're like, okay, I, I, I need an answer to this. Like, I got one last night or, where it's there's, like, cave paintings that where a figure okay. is wearing an exosuit. So you're like, wait, what? <laughs> They're like, what the hell is that That's all about? a hell of a hook. I was almost going to uh, say, like, yeah, don't spoil it, Marcus, but I'm like, Oh man, I got I kind of <laughs> yeah. This, that I was makes like, me I want to check this out now. Yeah, like one weird cat. Like what? Okay, like that. This has so much potential to be like wild, and it already is like all over the place. But I, it's like I need to see how they get out of here. Basically, like I want to see what that last scene looks like. Like how do we escape the island? How do we beat Leviathan? Uh, and it's just I, I like that approach though of like implement. Like I think only Titanfall One has ever. Or at least is the best example of like yeah. taking a multiplayer only game and trying to tell a story mm. in that blueprint. I don't remember entirely how they did it because it's been so long. So I, and I didn't play a ton of Titanfall one, but I, I think this approach is it. It like works again, like having it be bundled in with the other post game rewards. Like here's two new cutscenes. Go watch them. Uh, I I think that's kind of cool. Like I, it kind of helps round out the package for me. But yeah, uh, also I have to. Um, deliver a, a message from Alex Van Aken from uh, Beyond the Grave. Uh, he's not dead. Uh, he just wanted everyone to know that he's also loving this game, apparently. Hold he's, on. He get the quote. Let's get the quote right. We got to uh, nail this. This is important to Alex. Okay. I think it's Should we fun. sing this one? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> so done singing. 
Uh, I think it's fun to mention that if you rearrange the letters in the word exoprimal, you can spell R.I.P. Alex. Um, and then there's also Mo at the end, which I don't know how that fits in there. But uh, maybe Mo so is so funny that you Mo was one of the unlockable cutscenes. We're gonna see a, a character <laughs> named Mo. <laughs> okay, here's the direct quote from Alex. You guys ready for this? All right. Please tell folks I think exoprimal is real fun. Alex Van Aken. <laughs> A poet. A poet. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree. Uh, Exoprimal is real fun. Yeah, yeah. You, you're making me want to try it for sure. Like, I played it in beta, and I liked what I played, but it was kind of one of those, it's like, yeah, this is cool. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll play the final release, but this is a, a nice little uh, bite here of, of, of the sort of concept and the mechanics. But, uh, yeah, I, this game, this year is just so chock full of good games, but I would like to, to see some of it, like I played, see some of the story and stuff. Yeah, I'm curious to see how long it takes to finish the story because there's a lot. Like it says that I'm currently 20% of the way through it. Oh, wow. uh, okay. you know, like it, there's like a meter that kind of keeps track of everything. But uh, looking at the node and you're like, oh, wow, like I'm going to have to play a lot more matches mm. just to get the outer rim filled, let alone like the the like center stuff, which isn't a lot, but, you know, it's all feeding together. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like this is a multiplayer game. They want you to play at least for like the foreseeable future or at least the next right. few months uh you know on top of that there's stuff like battle passes there's a premium battle pass i kind of like no you hate battle passes and stuff like that yeah. uh i mean it is a premium game which is kind of annoying right like it's on game Pass. yeah like so it's a paid game by the way if you're paying for game pass you have access to it but like if you are not i believe it's a 60 dollars game so it's always just kind of rubs me the wrong way when there's like a battle pass i i don't yeah there's like a uh opinion piece in an upcoming issue of the magazine it's like i just don't like obligations in video games where it's like yeah you get right. bonuses for playing five days in a row which is usually what battle passes are i don't know what exo primals are but yeah i don't mm-hmm. i don't love that kind of stuff in general yeah i don't know i haven't seen enough of it or to i don't know if it does anything like that like consecutive days logged in or anything right, or yeah. like login bo- like there's definitely no login bonus from what i can tell it's kind okay. of, from what i've said it it seems kind of like straightforward or maybe okay. even like kind of plain of like hey play a long time you level up here's this and you hit the next milestone here's this and then the premium tier is just a separate one of those with presumably better things you know sure uh so it's kind of like to me that stuff's always in the background like i don't care enough it's kind of like i don't like look in the future like oh i gotta get this it's like eh, whatever happens happens like oh i got a cool like unlock i guess great because i just kind of like just playing the game basically yeah but yeah, just as a heads up, this is like a, a full price game. It's got the you know a free battle pass and then the the paid battle pass. I, I don't know how much the paid battle pass is. Um, mine just my code just kind of came with it. But yeah, uh, outside of that stuff, like it's fun. It's uh, in a way, it's kind of making up for Overwatch Two for me because mm. I I have not <laughs> oh, played Overwatch oh, poor Two. Overwatch Two. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, is that an indictment? I don't know, but um, uh. like I. I have yet to play the final version of Overwatch 2. I've only played it once in one of the betas. But, like, the thing that I was looking forward to was the story mode that they uh, kicked to the curb. And outside of that, it's like, well, with everything else they've done with the game, of making it more esportsy, which is, like, not what I wanted from Overwatch. Like I said before, the reason I liked Overwatch so much was that it kind of shunned a lot of the competitive stuff and was more about, like, you know, it's a competitive game, but it's like, hey, work together, have fun kind of a thing, right? Sure. Um, and with this game hitting a lot of those same notes both in design and gameplay but also weaving in an actual story <laughs> into it 
it's kind of like you know maybe this is my overwatch too now but with like significantly more dinosaurs which i love dinosaurs too so it works so <laughs> yeah I, I, this is i guess yeah this is my overwatch too now so yeah i'll be playing it I have a review coming you know in the near future but exoprimal it's out now like i said it's on everything except for switch and it's on xbox game pass so check it out there but cool. yeah I, I i we should we should play guys we should we should mm. party up yeah get alex last, in there too last time there was a game on the show where i was like yeah that seems cool but i don't know if i'll play it it was street fighter 6 and then i got really into it for like a week and i can i i always like to be like i don't have to play every game sometimes you can just take a break and you don't have to you can just people can have a cool thing and then you can see what's happening and then it's fine and i always i'm trying like oh, video games are really fun <laughs> they're all really good enjoyable hobby Dude. i don't even like i don't even, i haven't even played a different final fantasy game and i got like 25 hours in a final fantasy 16 <laughs> oh, like, what am i doing with my life yeah moving on though kyle mm-hmm. you have finished pikmin 4 yeah i i know we talked about this game was it last week we uh, it might have been two weeks ago. I've yeah, I've talked about Pikmin a lot lately, uh, just because I replayed one when it, or rather, I played one for the first time when it came to Switch, and then right. there was a period where I could talk about like the first two levels of Pikmin Four. But um, right. at the time, if you're listening to this podcast uh, on the day of release, I believe Pikmin Four comes out tomorrow. It comes out uh, Friday, and then the the review is on my review is on GameInformer.com as of yesterday i think uh to time stamp this unnecessarily but uh i really like pikmin 4 a lot i gave it a 9 out of 10 uh that's how Ooh. much i liked it one of the 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 nicest things i can say about it is uh and marcus i don't know if you feel this way charles you as well when i, I know you haven't done quite as many reviews as, as marcus and i but like usually if i'm reviewing a game even if i like it once i hit credits and i've written my review i'm kind of like all right i'm time to move on to the next thing just either through obligation yeah. or just things i want to play just casually on my own but pikmin 4 was a game that i saw credits wrote the review and immediately picked it back up and continued playing like i wanted to find everything i wanted to do everything uh, about the only thing i didn't do was like get platinum medals on all the sort of there's like this thing called the dandori challenges where you um collect items against an ar ai component or you have to collect a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time and you get medals for doing well on those i didn't do like the platinum medals for those um i wasn't really interested in that and there's also uh some really there's at least one sort of really challenging late game thing that's fully optional that i didn't do but it's like really late game like you have to collect like everything to even access it but other okay. than those few things, like, I did everything. Like, I, I got all the items. I, I played every level to 100%. I just really liked it. Like, I've always been kind of a casual Pikmin fan. It's only recently that I've truly decided to give myself over to Pikmin and, and declare myself a proper fan. Um, but 4 is, like, easily, like, the best Pikmin game for me, at least of my opinion. Like, because of uh, Ochi the dog just makes managing your Pikmin, like, so much easier because... As cool as it is to like have like a hundred Pikmin behind you, following you everywhere you go, it can be annoying to manage them because they might get like stuck on corners or they like don't follow you over the bridge, and all of a sudden you're all, you're like missing six Pikmin and you don't know why, and you have like ten seconds to collect them before the day ends. 
But with Ochi, you can just press a button and all the Pikmin and your character jump on its ba- his back. And then you can just walk around and like you don't have to worry about losing Pikmin. And Ochi himself is functionally like... Uh, up to, I mean, you can upgrade him. I think he starts as, like, you know, covering for 10 Pikmin, basically. So if there's some object that requires 10 Pikmin to pick up and carry back to your ship, you can just have Ochi do it, and then you can go off and do other things. And it, like, when they showed Ochi, like, in preview and in trailers and stuff like that, my reaction was very much like, oh, that's cute. Like, you have a dog with you now. It's a cute design. Great. Like, I'm not going to say no to that. Uh, cute designs debate, but I don't like that he doesn't have a nose. You don't like, and he's only got two legs. You don't like that? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I've noticed the leg. Yeah. Just, two his legs? face he I bounces along. Like, if, yeah, he has kind of a funky walk to him. Yeah, it just because he has a snout, but he doesn't have a nose, and it bothers. It feels yeah. like he's incomplete. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you just ruined Ochi for me. <laughs> well, hey, all you got to do is play Pikmin 4 and you'll fall in love with them all over again. But Because, like, really, I was just like, oh, this is... I really thought it would just be, like, uh, Poochie in, like, the recent Yoshi game where he was just kind of, oh, like, that he would Poochie. show up I... in a couple levels and it wasn't really, like, a big deal. But Ochi really changes how you approach Pikmin in a positive way. Like, it makes Pikmin more fun because he is really genuinely helpful and he's there from the very beginning. And, uh, and then, like, the level design is just better because it's, like, less confusing and the way everything looks. Like, every area of every level looks pretty distinct. So it's, like, really easy to learn the levels. They feel less like mazes. Um, all the new Pikmin are cool. There's these sections where you go underground that the thing I kind of equate them to is shrines in Zelda. Because it's like they're just little like bite size. It's like, oh, you're playing Pikmin in the main level. You have to until the end of the day to finish what you're trying to do. But once you go underground, it's like, oh, this is just sort of a short focused Pikmin uh, sort of puzzle, quote unquote. Maybe there's some combat. There's some little puzzles in there. And they even have like a narrative conceit. It's like, ah, when you go underground, time slows down uh, up above ground. We don't really understand why this happens, but it's fine because it makes the game more fun. <laughs> you know? mm. So I enjoy doing those. It's like every they give you a lot of different options. You can play the main levels. You can go underground. You can do the Dandori challenges. Then there's also the nighttime sequences, which kind of play out like. Um, sorry, guys. I'm like trying to remember what is the the genre of video game a uh, tower defense. I couldn't think of the mm. word. They kind of feel like tower defense with Pikmin, uh, and they're fun. Those are the nighttime things are the ones that I maybe find like the most repetitive. But like the fact that it's like you can just kind of do what you want when you want. Like I'm tired of playing this version of Pikmin. I'm gonna go over here, and it's all fun. Like it's all pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I I really liked Pikmin Four. I like you you're on the planet like saving people is kind of the main thrust of the game. So you're like collecting all these people, and they all have personalities, and they hang out by your ship between levels and. I just really enjoyed it. I it kind of surprised me. I I wouldn't say I had low expectations going into Pikmin Four. I just had like, yeah, Pikmin, cool. I I've liked those past games. We'll see how this one is. And I and I walked away from it being like, that's one of my favorite games of the year. Like I I would be surprised if it doesn't show up on my top ten. Uh, so yeah, Pikmin Four, really good. Like it a lot. All right, I'm excited to try it. I've I'm like you. I've only ever played and beaten Pikmin One. I've never touched two and three, even though I've owned three on Wii U forever. Yeah. But like it because of that, it's been long enough where I was like I I'm kind of like yeah I think I I am ready to play another Pikmin game especially like the more you've talked about it and I've heard other people talk about it it's gotten me more excited about the idea of just chilling out and moving those little 
cute idiots around. <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing. They're not really idiots anymore. Like they're the smartest they've ever been, and I that's why I like it so much. Oh yeah, they're not like getting caught in like corners and weird not little really. geometry. I mean, I you're like, oh come on, man. Occasionally, but like not really. Especially if you're leaning on Ochi a lot, which I did. I was like happy to just throw all my Pikmin on Ochi all the time. Uh, but yeah, and also it's like one of those like even if you've never played Pikmin and you're like, ah, oh, I should probably play the other ones first. Like, nah, just go straight to four. You'll be fine. I don't. Know. I think it just dawned on me way late. But is the idea of OG like is he just the sheepdog to the the sheep that are Pikmin? Is that just his role basically? Now that I think about it, no. I mean, he doesn't herd them. He's more like okay. your he's more like your partner, which I guess you okay. could say the same thing of a sheepdog. But he does he doesn't herd them. Right, he doesn't run around them and keep them in a circle. They just all jump on his back. Like it, you have, it's funny because you'll be running around like riding Ochi like a dog, and he'll have a hundred Pikmin on him, and it, it's just kind of a weird. He visual. looks like a. I'm editing the video review. It, he kind of looks like a hedgehog. Like he's got all these little yeah, like a, almost like a right, yeah, yeah, like a chia pet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, very much, much so. Better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I mean. Imagine how much easier sheep herding would be if the sheep jumped on the sheep dog. <laughs> I know, right? Then, and he's just carrying them around. Uh, also, can he, uh, with Ochi, can he carry the objective objects too, or can he only carry Pikmin? They can carry everything. Yeah, like uh, oh, okay, he, so he I, throw, like the Game Boy SP on his back and. Uh, well, yes, yeah. He he bites them and like drags them. Yeah, and then, oh, okay. and you can like upgrade him to a point where I think he can cover for like, I think maybe even up to fifty Pikmin. So like I would have him carrying like really heavy objects uh, for me while I went and did other stuff with with all my Pikmin, um, so yeah, good game, good dog, good boy. Well, before we close the book on Pikmin Four, I need to ask the million dollar question we've all been wondering: Is Ochi a better good boy than Torgal in Final Fantasy? Ooh, now I haven't. I've only played like the first maybe four or five hours of uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. I would give the edge to Ochi because he is a lot more helpful. Like, he is integral to Pikmin. I can't imagine okay. Pikmin 4 without Ochi, where as much as I like Torgal in Final Fantasy 16, he is just sort of an AI character that's sort of helping you fight, at, to the point that I've played. Uh, I like Torgal. Right. Torgal's awesome. But I just think he's not integral. He's just like a great bonus that makes you really like him for that reason, you know? That's true. I think I think you're correct. Can you pet Ochi? Oh, good question. I don't know. Or did you try to, Kyle? Are you too busy working him to the bone? I think you can. I also don't really like. That's not really a make or break for me. (laughs) Like that has that (laughs) the inclusion of like being able to pet the animal in a game is like to this point is just like well we gotta get on that Twitter account like that's Mm kind of which is not really like a gameplay focused ideation of like. Like, well, does that make the f- game better? It's like, I don't know, but you'll get on a Twitter account. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's really, a, like, makes the game, improves the game. But I know it's very important to people. I, I don't know off the top of my head if you can pet Ochi. But uh, while we're continuing to talk, maybe I can pull up the game and see. Okay, well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Kyle hates petting animals. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't serve I a think... gameplay purpose, I'm like, you know, don't do something just to be featured on a Twitter account. I think I think the urge to pet the animal is like when there's an AI, like just, just a random dog wandering around and you can't do anything and you just look at it. Like, I think Ochi, it's better because you're like interacting with him and riding on him the whole time like he is a dog you're hanging out with as yeah. opposed to like uh in uh, uh, uh tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild there's dogs you can feed them but like you can't pet them 
and it feels yeah. weird because they're such good they're such they run around and they clearly want attention yeah but that's the game the gameplay interaction is feeding them so that they'll show you where chests are like there's a mechanical yeah sort of interaction it, where petting is just a prompt and you press a button and then you're done right like that's but don't, what is that purpose does that when serve? you see a dog you in real really life good kyle, kyle. <laughs> yeah when you see a dog you know, in real life and it comes up to you do you not have the instinct? You're like, I gotta touch. Do you this need? Dog. Do you need a reward to pet the stray dog? <laughs> In a video game, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say I I feel this weird obligation to pet Torgal. Well, I don't want to say obligation. It feels like I don't want to, but I have caught myself to where like and maybe because I love Torgal so much, like he's adorable and he's just a badass. But like, I I will check myself every few combat encounters and be like. I have not pet Torgal in a while. Like, we just killed, like, 20 dudes. Like, you should be rewarded for it. I have to pet you. And I feel like this anxiety where, like, even though this is not, at least as far as I know, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty deep in Bible fantasy at this point, but, like, I'm afraid that if I don't pet him regularly, he's going to turn on me in some way. <laughs> like, he'll remember yeah. that. Like, he's not petting me as much as he used to. So you It's can... like a late game Life is Strange thing where it's like, you didn't pet Torgal enough times, so now he's going to kill all your friends. Yeah. Like there's a secret counter in the background. And it's like, oh, if you pet Torgal X amount of times, it affects your ending. Oh, man. So I, I, I don't, unless I'm, it doesn't look like you can pet Ochi, but you can feed him. You can give him treats. Okay. Uh, That's just, just as good. He, I mean, you probably prefer to be eating yeah. than pet. But so. I wonder if there's maybe while you're riding around, maybe there's like a little animation of you petting him. I'll I'll leave it on. I'll leave it. I'll leave it idle for a while and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I bet maybe like the act of putting Pikmin on him, like they're all petting him technically, just like touching him. So he's right. like being pet like a hundred million times, basically. <laughs> so I, I hope he like. I hope he likes it. Uh, Pikmin Four, everyone. It's out. What Friday? Yeah, whatever yeah. day that. It's out on Bar- Barbenheimer Day. Right, yeah. Although, oh, well, actually, I don't oh think my, that's oh true because I think they come out on Thursday. Well, it's it's how movies are, where it's like right the release date is Friday, yeah. but it's the midnight viewing start at like six p.m. on Thursday or whatever. I'm actually seeing yeah. Barbie um, Wednesday. I'm seeing it the nineteenth. I found like an early Wait, showing. Oh. Yeah, I'm what? excited. Oh. Yeah, uh, actually, July twenty first for Pikmin four. Yeah. Okay. Also, I completely forgot those came out this weekend, so you both got me really excited. So I was like, oh, that, like that's this weekend. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> going to see. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah. Maybe you can still get an early showing. Look for early showings. There's the episode. Yeah, see both of those. All righty. Uh, Kyle, you've also uh, played and reviewed uh, Viewfinder, which is another game we've touched on uh, in the past, but you, know, you have your complete thoughts now. Uh, how do you feel about the game now that you've uh, wrapped it up? I feel good, Marcus. I like that game as well. Like, remember at the beginning nice. of the show, I said I've been playing a lot of good games. Um, yeah, uh, Viewfinder was one that I ha- had seen. You see, like, it is really in- just interesting, even in trailer form. Like, it, you just have to see like five seconds of gameplay to be like, what is that? It's and if you're unfamiliar, it's a game where you can take a photograph of something, hold it up in front of your face, and press a button, and it like superimposes that environment into your environment. So if there's a picture of a bridge, you can basically use it to place bridges in the environment to solve puzzles. And uh, that's really cool. Like, that—that that is a cool idea. Uh, but my fear with it, which is the my fear with a lot of games that are kind of like following... They're not like Portal, but they're like the same... Like, I... They're the same genre. It's like interesting puzzle mechanic to, to make your way around an environment. And like, Portal 2 is like 
genuinely one of my all-time favorites ever period will be on my favorite games of all time list for the rest of eternity you know it's like one of those that's like locked in like ocarina of time or something like that um so i like these kinds of games but there's been a few in the past that like i like like super liminal is a good example of like another one where it's like you see a a footage of that game and you're like that is amazing because it's like super liminal is about um you know your perspective on an object and like it lets you i, I can't even explain it really it just it, you if you look up footage of it maquette is another one that's like about like looping yeah. universes and those games those two in particular were games that like were really cool in the first like hour and then sort of petered out by the end where the puzzles kind of became like maybe like they were still I still finished both of those games but the puzzles were too obtuse to a way in a way where they were like just like not really fun by the end and it was mostly like the solutions kind of ended up being like oh that's how that worked uh, okay you know viewfinder on the other hand doesn't fall into that trap it stays very consistent throughout like the puzzles are novel and unique and like use that core idea of like superimposing images within your environment to to make progress in like new and interesting ways where like the first set of levels is very different from the last set of levels and they also don't get so obtuse that they get annoying uh the closest thing to that are like there are optional puzzles but even those are like fun and very clearly identified like i was i hit a point where i was kind of like i just want to beat this and i started skipping them and that was like that was that made it fun because then I could just like focus on the puzzles I wanted to do. But I was enjoying it so much that I went back and I did all those optional puzzles and really had a good time. So I I do give Viewfinder like a good recommendation. I gave it a an eight two five. Like if you're if you're like a fan of Portal or those types of games, like Viewfinder is among the better ones. Like I would Portal's like okay. at the top for me, and then I would put Viewfinder pretty high. And then games like Maquette and like Super Liminal I would kind of put like mid tier. You know, that's kind of like not that I'm like trying to rank those games, but just to kind of give you an idea of mm-hmm. the quality. Uh so yeah, yeah, it's the the shortcomings are like the story's kinda it, it has a nice conclusion, but it's it's pretty middling. And then there were like a couple instances where it's like I I was like solving puzzles without a clear idea of like exactly what my end goal was if that makes sense it's like well i have this photo and i can put it in front of me to move forward but i'm not really sure what i'm building towards like i hit that occasionally but it really wasn't too bad but uh yeah viewfinder like i i liked it's it 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 exceeded my expectations i i went in kind of worried that it was gonna get annoying by the end and it doesn't it just uses the core idea in cool ways it's short so it really sticks to like the good stuff there's not really a lot of excess fat on the game it's just like every level even the optional ones are like solid and good and interesting so yeah viewfinder cool good game i'm sorry i've been excited for that game since i got it might have probably an Annapurna search showcase like a year or two ago it's one of those that's been kicking around for a while like there was like it's one of those that was like like someone just shared a tweet with like a couple seconds of gameplay a long time ago. And it was like, even then it was like, that is interesting. I want to play that game. Yeah. I know Alex is excited for it too. So I'm excited to check that out. I'm also glad to hear that it's on the shorter side. Cause I feel like, yeah. I feel like most puzzle games are, it's kind of like horror games where I feel like that genre is better in shorter doses than stretching them out. I think portal two is like the only real exception to that rule for the most part. 
maybe the Talos principle, but like yeah, Portal Two has yeah. the advantage of like genuinely having some of the best writing in video games, like period. Yeah. So like that's gonna pull you through <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. But uh, exactly. yeah, I think. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little bit. I think my play clock was like three or four hours and that's doing all the puzzles including the optional ones i didn't find all those hidden little there's little things you can find in the levels for like bonuses but if you want to just do the puzzles yeah three or four hours give or take nice good year for puzzle games by the way low-key between this uh yeah. humanity ritmos uh some good stuff out there for yeah. the uh the smarties in the room. <laughs> we're all smarties right <laughs> I wanted to say I did I played I haven't played like a final build, but I did a preview like a month or two ago for Viewfinder. Um, and one of the things I like that Kyle didn't mention is there's like voice notes in the levels, and that's how you like get a lot of the story to like hear about what like the characters are are thinking, like the characters in the in the yeah, world. But he's like audio logs? Yeah, so. basically. But I, I liked the way they did it because it was you can basically hit play on them and then go and do the level. And I liked that it was kind of like you're listening to a podcast while you're solving this level, but it's not like it doesn't slow the game down where you have to watch a cutscene or you don't have to pause and like read everything. But it was a thing where it was like, I thought it was a good unintrusive way <laughs> to include a story in this where I felt like it could. I also wasn't like, and Kyle, I, I think you, had like a similar thing just now of like i thought the story was like fine at least at the part where i was at it was like kind of interesting but i wasn't like blown away by it so the fact that i could kind of engage with it like the level i wanted to and then just go back to like taking weird pictures and putting them and stuff i thought was i like that yeah the story is definitely like secondary maybe even tertiary at part of the experience where it's like it's cool it's interesting i like the ending the ending's fun like it's or not fun maybe not but right word but like a nice conclusion but like it's one of those things. It's like I couldn't really tell you any of the characters' names or anything like that after the fact, you know. But um, yeah, t- totally inoffensive. Uh, I'm glad it's there, even if you're not really, even if yeah. I didn't engage with it in a huge way. That sounds like that was a good mental workout uh, for you, Charles, and that's good because maybe it warmed you up for a game that you have been playing that tests your detective skills, called Ghost Trick Phantom Detective the re- remaster is that what we're going with it's it's a remaster right yeah i don't even know if it's like officially ha- it doesn't it's not i think they're just saying it came to new consoles and they enhanced the visuals but it's not called like ghost trick phantom detective remastered it's just ghost trick yeah. phantom detective yeah. and now it's on switch and it's it's not a remake like that we can yeah say definitely for sure. not that yeah. right yeah it just feel weird calling it a port because like well they would yeah. have to do some work to it because it was a, a ds screen you know they reworked dual screen gameplay for a single screen and it looks way better for sure yeah 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 no i play i beat that game um i did you play it back in the day or is this your first time? I did not. This is my first time playing it. It was a game I had like heard of, but I didn't really like think much of it past like the name because I was like, I don't know, there's a million. Honestly, I probably would have thought Ghost Trick was a similar game to like Fatal Frame. I don't know why. <laughs> see that. Just like the name. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's probably some horror thing I don't care about. But yeah, it's a game. It's made by uh, the director and some of the team that made the Ace Tourney games. And I really like the Ace Tourney games. So I was like, oh, this is a thing. I would totally love to play it. Um, and originally I was like, yeah, I'll just play an hour or two to record some like footage for the Game Form YouTube channel. And then I kept playing it uh, and it rocks. Um, it is also a puzzle game, 
but I definitely liked, I was definitely playing it for the story, not for the puzzles, because I think the puzzles were like fine. And some of them <laughs> were like, it's like the reverse of viewfinder, which is, is kind of just kind of yeah. funny. Just, yeah. The, the basic gameplay is you're a ghost and you can possess objects in a room and you have kind of like only so far but that you can travel between the objects. There's like a little, if you're a point on the screen, there's a little line that's like a radius of that's how far you can go. And so you have to like manipulate objects to get around and do stuff. And then on top of that, you can also go into a person's corpse and then travel back in time to four minutes before they died. And then basically change fate so that they don't die or that something else happens instead. So the game is like this big mystery of like you died, but you don't know why you died. And it seems like this person killed you, but you don't know why they killed you. And so it's this kind of like adventure mystery thing. And do the people when they come back to life, do they know that they died or are they like oblivious? So, so like they just go about their life like they hadn't just died. Sometimes because some it depends on if the spirit it regains consciousness while you're inhabiting the body, which is like a weird thing. At a certain point, they all regain consciousness and it's fine. Like while they're dead, they like wake up and realize the spirits wake up and realize that they're dead. And then when they come back to life, they have all the memory of this like alternate timeline. You just, it's, it's something I feel like it's common in, in Japanese storytelling in general, manga and anime and stuff like that, where it's like, there are very specific rules and they explain them thoroughly and then mm-hmm. when they break those rules, they explain why they are broken in this instance thoroughly. So like it, it when in the sort of heat of the moment when you're playing the game, it's like, yep, this all makes sense. Yep. But when yep. someone asks you a question like, wait, do some people know that they're <laughs> dead? You're kind of like, well, okay, let me think about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I only ask because I've had this. I, I don't know if you guys have ever had this weird like. I guess it's maybe it's an existential thought, whatever you want to call it. An exoprimal thought? I, I've always thought like, man. There could. What if there was a situation where I died and was brought back to life, but I didn't know because it was so instantaneous? Like, and honestly, stuff like the two things that made me think the most is Dragon Ball and Avengers: <laughs> Infinity War slash Endgame. Of like, those both had like apocalyptic events where like millions of people were wiped out instantly somehow, but then they were immediately wished back, and they have no idea that they all died. Cause like in dragon ball, they'll do the thing where like, Hey, they come back with no memory that Majin blew, blew up the world or whatever happened. Right. So like, they have no idea that they died. Like time was seamless for them. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like there was no interruption in their daily lives, but like a select few people know that like, no, they, the planet was gone. And same with, well, I guess in game Avengers, they know, but they don't, they don't right. know until somebody tells them. Right. Otherwise, like, it's like literally until you step outside and go like, wait, my house isn't my house anymore because it turns out I was gone for five years, but right. nothing changed for me. And I don't know. I, thought, I was like, man, that could have happened to us at any point and we would have no <laughs> idea. Like, what if something like that existed? <laughs> and we just would be none the wise. I, I, I'm like weirdly obsessed with that thought for some reason. <laughs> I have. I, I don't I don't mean to make you feel weird about this. I've never had that thought. <laughs> I, that's never been a thing that crossed my mind, but I'm so fascinated by the concept. I also I just started rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender, and that's kind of like Aang's whole thing of he like freaks out, runs away one day, and then gets sealed in an iceberg and then comes out and he just wants to slide right. on penguins and they're like, Oh dude, it's been a hundred years. Yeah, but, it's like Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it is it a fear of yours, Marcus? Or it's just No, a thing it's not you a fear. Of? It's just fascinating to me to be like, you know, 
if I'm um, to go back to Dragon Ball, like if there was a Dragon Ball situation that we just were not aware of, like there's these things that could wipe us out and bring us back, and only a select few people knew about it, and something happened where the world exploded and then was fixed, and we like we wouldn't know. Like I like what if something like that happened and I just was brought back to life and I just don't remember it. Hey, but like I died. Ignorance before. is bliss, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the yeah. ultimate lesson. Right? Like, like if I found out, would it be like, huh? How about that? <laughs> you know, like, Right. Like, how do you react to that? I don't know. There <laughs> is a thing to pull it back to Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. One of the characters just keeps dying, and you keep encountering her. And you're like, dude, you died for the fourth time. She's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I knew you'd come safe. Like, she knows that she's died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she's like, she, like I mean, over it at this fine. point. She's kind of like, uh, yeah. Well, it's also kind of determined. like there's one character who gets so he gets injured and then he dies. And then you can follow his death back to where he gets injured and find that someone else died and then jump into their corpse and go back. Like you can do like consecutive jump backs. But if you undo the death of the first person, the second guy is still injured. And so it's a thing of like, he's like, man, I wish I had just died instead of getting injured because then you would have been able to bring me back instantly. What a weird sentence. They, <laughs> they become, died instead of getting injured. They get people get real comfortable with with the resurrection ghost real fast in that game. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just glad to hear Charles that like you've finished it and enjoyed it. Because that's like Ghost Trick is one of those games where it's like I have a really fond memory of playing it for the first time. It's one of those like I might not remember all the details. I remember the ending pretty well because the ending is very mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. And uh like it's one of those that's like I think it's good and I bet it would hold up, but it's nice to like get your perspective of someone who didn't play it originally and be like, no, yeah, still good, still fun. Yeah, I was I want to ask like, have you played the remaster at all, Cogs? I would like to know how it translates like the dual screen gameplay to a single screen. Like, was the dual screen ever important in the original? Uh, not or... really. I mean, like, because like you can kind of. I mean, I don't. We don't need to dive into how it works mechanically, but it's one that translated very easily to like a control stick basically okay. it doesn't feel like some radical reinvention they did port it to iphone a couple years ago okay and this so i think this is actually probably more like a port of that iphone version but even that is like didn't really need a touch screen necessarily so yeah and the switch does have touch controls so if that's like a thing that you're really passionate about for whatever which, reason which i don't think you would be because it's not it's well not i think really charles it, if, if unless i'm misremembering we recorded the new gameplay today video of it and i think i brought up touch screen and you and your reaction was like i think so and then you pulled out your switch and like tried it like the fact that you like In didn't even time. think to try it was like you know until i mentioned yeah. it like shows how crucial the touch screen is and where it, it is not particularly crucial but yeah but yeah i really liked it the ending as kyle mentioned is bonkers it's one of those things too where it's like i could i i can't talk to anyone about this because it's like if you've played it i guess you would know but it's not there's so many things where they set up this rule and this rule and this character and this rule and this character comes back and it goes so far in that i'm like bro the there's a lamp tutorial the lamp gives you tutorial at the beginning of the game <laughs> The identity of that lamp is crazy, and if you played the, the game, dog, you're like, Dude, you know, yeah. that's a crazy lamp. But, it, but yeah, it's, it's funny because not, yeah. if you had played that game a year ago, it would have been like, go go wild, spoil everything, tweet about True. it as much as you want. But the fact that they like ported it recently, it's like, well, now I can't because now people might actually want to play it without yeah. spoilers. Because yeah. I I've always wanted to play it. It's been on my like old like to get lists like i think it was on my amazon wish list for a while 
Um, so when they announced this rematch, I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just play this one. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that it seems like it holds up. And I, I've never heard anyone talk about the story much or the ending. So that makes me excited if it ends on like a strong note. And I'm also a huge Ace Attorney fan. So, oh, yeah, you should. You know, it's yeah. got that going for it. it. There's something about uh, Shu Takumi, who's the director, and all of his games, it's like, this is what we're dealing with now. But there was an incident 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, if you figure out what happened in that incident, and everyone's like, okay, we'll ignore that. And then the very end of the game, it's like, we actually can't solve this mystery until we go back and figure out what happened at the incident 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's all like, died and were brought back and didn't realize it. <laughs> truly, of the like four or the five or six games I played that he did, I, I think almost every single one that's an incident. Maybe Ace Attorney 2, it's not a thing, but it's definitely a thing in. One, three, four, great Ace Attorney. Yeah, and I was going to mention game. Ace Attorney three as a pretty wild one. Ace Attorney three goes uh, back to the thing they go back to in Ace Attorney yeah. one. Yeah. Anyways, uh, awesome. All right, Ace. Uh, God, Ace Attorney. Ghost Trick, <laughs> fan of Detective, out now on on Switch, uh, and just Switch, right? It's not uh, PlayStation. Is it PS4? PlayStation two? Yeah. It's oh, all okay. yeah. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. Okay. Oh, I, Xbox I as well. I don't know. Just I'll, I can double check yeah. real quick, but okay. I don't know why I've only associated maybe because the original game is only on DS. I keep it's tied to Nintendo that game. Yeah, what'd you play it on, Charles? I played it on Switch. Okay, I, I tested the touchscreen that time. I, yeah, said, it is. It is on Xbox One. Oh, it is. Okay, I, I say this occasionally where I don't know what the metric is. I don't know why I say this phrase, but it feels like a good Switch game. Like I don't know what definitely makes it be better on Switch, but <laughs> it's like just like one of those, like, you know. That should be like a Nintendo seal style yeah. statement. Like the, if I see a game box that has a gold seal that says great on switch. But like, there's just some games point. that I'm just like, if it, that should be on switch. It's like, why, why is it better on switch and not Xbox? Why is Exo primal not feel like a game that belongs on switch? And what like, is bad on switch? Like, exactly. Exactly. That's what so, I'm saying. That my like, phrase doesn't so, make any like, sense. This is a bad switch game <laughs> yeah. and not even just for the tech reason, just because like, you don't want to play this portable. No. <laughs> yeah. I think God, it's, you don't want to be able to play this whenever you want, wherever you want. That's too much power. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nice bite-sized chunks. And it's like, I think there's a whimsy element where it's like, yeah, now that's man. a switch game. Exo primal sounds goofy, <laughs> but definitely low on whimsy. Actually, Maybe there's more whimsy I'm giving it credit for, but not Switch whimsy. Hold on, know? would Exo Primal be a great Switch game? <laughs> I mean, Overwatch is on Switch. So. Exactly. It's I online, know. which I think immediately for me disqualifies yeah. any Switch relationship. Right, yeah, also, right. Kyle, or child, think about the idea of someone playing a Switch game, having so much fun, and then at some point pointing at their screen and saying, "Now that's a Switch game." <laughs> <laughs> like, just... Like to no, themselves, no one else. <laughs> uh, silent, silent room, two a.m. That's a switch game. <laughs> uh, last game we'll talk about on the show, uh, Kyle. You've been playing a, a game I've been uh, looking forward to, Gunbrella. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I talked about it in a preview capacity. Uh, I, I hadn't. I think there's a demo, or there was a demo at one time. I think it was Steam Next Fest that had a demo. I think that sounds right. Yeah, I, I didn't play that, so this was this is my first time playing it. Um, and I was uh, very quickly like, oh, I like this because it has, uh, I think, something you and I, Marcus, uh, appreciate, which is like Mega Man X vibes, which I didn't yeah. expect because it's like there's uh, you dash a lot. Like you use your umbrella to like dash up in the air or dash left and right. Uh, and that and you can wall jump. So it's like, right. OK, cool. Like I'm on board. I, I love wall jumping and then using my umbrella to like dash up into the air. 
But then the yeah. things it's like, like in real life, just like in real life. Yeah. And uh, those things are great. And then the thing that's kind of like hooking me in more than I expected is like the tone of the game. I wasn't expecting this, which is maybe my lack of research, but like it feels kind of like Hotline Miami a little bit where it's oh, like it's I, and the soundtrack hmm. is kind of similar, which is like really high praise. I recognize because like Hotline Miami is a great soundtrack. When I think of tone of Hotline Miami, I think of like some really messed up things. Is yeah. is it like dark? It is dark. Like the soundtrack's kind of similar. It's a high speed. Like you can take a lot of damage quickly if you're not paying attention. You have to. You benefit by getting. You have a shotgun that is really good close range and doesn't have any long range. So like a lot of the game is like dashing in with your umbrella and then blasting a character fast and then they blow up into a bunch of chunks and then in terms mm. of the story like currently i'm like pursuing this cult that's like sacrificing people and it's like weirdly dark and violent i i guess i just the pun of the title made me think yeah. it was going to be a mm -hmm. goofier fun game and me there too. is and there is some lightness to it like i've met some yeah. characters that have funny dialogue and stuff but it's like overall the tone is much more like violent and dark than i expected and i'm and i'm kind of liking it for that reason not to like okay, you know this call is myself also a the, sicko the, but this is the the team that made a uh, gato robato which was the sort of like metroid yeah i like inspired, that game. like metroid 2 in particularly yeah, yeah that's a cool game the, i like gato robato yeah i like that game too you play this cat in a mech suit uh, so, because that's so goofy, that's why I thought Gumbrella would also yeah. be like similarly yeah. silly. I mean, it ha like I said, it has jokes, but like overall, it's like a widowed guy. Like you, you lost your wife, and you're on. I don't even really know what my mission is, but like the world is dour and dark, and the soundtrack is like gloomy and it's kind of violent. But then characters will have jokes, like when you go talk to them, that they'll have like a weird bit of dialogue and. Do they make uh, jokes about your dead wife? <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't make jokes okay. about that. But they make. Uh, they make just they like just like four. Nice wall. umbrella. Was that your dead wife's? <laughs> just, is, that is that what you guys think is funny? You guys are disgusting. Uh, but no, they'll just like even like fourth wally stuff. Like there's these two characters I came across who are like having a conversation and like revealing details that I needed to learn. Uh, just passively in the environment, right? Text boxes over their head, just going like they're having a conversation. And I went up and talked to them, and the guy was like, hey, can't you see we're having a conversation here? Now we have to start over. And then their conversation starts over, so I had to wait a while to see like the important detail that they were getting to, which feels like a very silly kind of video game interaction, you know, where it's like, hey, we're stuck in this endless looping conversation, but if you interrupt us, we're going to start over. Like, that's mm -hmm. kind of, like, the level of joke we're getting at here, which is the kind of joke I like, where it's like, yeah, let's yeah. play with the medium and make jokes about the medium. So, all of that to say, so far, so good in Gunbrella. I... I was on board immediately with the mechanics uh, just because it feels kind of Mega Man X-y and it feels really good. The platforming's really good. The shooting's really good. But then, like, once you get past that, you, then you kind of walk into this area, this room, so to speak, where you're like, what is this world? <laughs> like, why is it so dark and oppressing? I was not expecting this. Yeah, I'm surprised, but I'm excited, man. Uh, is that, does it have a release date yet or is that still, like, 2023, like, tentative? I don't think it has a release date. Let's see, Gunbrella on Steam. I'll pull it up. It, I yeah. do. I do have it pulled up, and it just says 2023. Just 2023. Right 2023. Yeah, okay. I don't know. 
uh, hopefully soon. I, I like what I've played so far, for sure. Looking at it, it reminds me kind of of uh, Katana Zero, just in terms of like the tone. I don't know if either of you played that. It's like a pixely action game. I, I d it's one that's like I. It's one of those that's like a, I'm on my wish lists because it's like I know I should play it because I've heard good things about it. One of those kinds of games, you know. And I will say, like Katana Zero, this does seem like a good Switch game. This does seem <laughs> like it would it would good. Uh, got the, yeah. the seal. It's got the there is is whimsy, dark whimsy, but is it coming to Switch? Usually those Devolver games like this are like yeah, it is coming to Switch. Okay, good. Does it have a release date on Switch? I wonder. Nope, just twenty twenty three. Okay. I wonder nice. if they're gonna do like a shadow drop. Yeah, it could be. We're gonna get get a Nintendo Direct or something, and it'll be like out now. Heck yeah! Go hang with your dead wife's umbrella. <laughs> Was it was it her umbrella? I don't think so. I, I, I don't know why where you guys are getting this from. Maybe you're is it what if it's a uh, bionic commando twist where you find out your dead wife is in the umbrella? Oh, we can only hope. Whoa. We can only hope. Yeah. They played and, a game where it was like, you know what was the best part of this game was that particular <laughs> story twist. We thought we should really bring that back. Everyone's favorite part of that game, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, that is the game's uh, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and do some housekeeping and wrap up with a few listener emails. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Game Informer Show. We're going to do some housekeeping here. We're going to pay the bills, tell you where you can find us and, and read us and see us. Uh, is there any other way you can sense Game Informer guys? Can we haven't? There's no way to smell us yet, right? Well, you're here. We're hearing us now. Did we cover that one? Did you say here? Yeah, I did yeah. say here. Okay, okay, good. Uh, taste us. Um, mm, I didn't I select not. select for you. If you you um, can open but... up my Twitter and lick your phone, but I don't know if it's gonna taste unlike just a normal phone. Don't, don't do. That. I think it might taste like whatever your phone rubbed up against last. Exactly. So step one: rub your phone on like frosting or something. Step two: oh, open God. up my Twitter. Step three: profit. Profit. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, so. You know, uh, check us out. By the way, shout out. We've been saying this uh, lately, but you know, we can't stress enough that uh, single issues of Game Informer magazine are now available for five ninety nine on GameStop.com slash Game Informer. You know, for those of you that are not subscribed to the magazine but still want to support us, you can do that. Uh, we've got, I believe, our most uh, armored core is up now. Yeah, I was just checking. Uh, but, you know, we've got our most recent issues like Final Fantasy 16, Dead Island 2, Resident Evil 4, Diablo 4, uh, all up there. Like I said, it's a great way to support Game Informer directly, as well as, uh, you know, it's a non-committal way to keep up with all of our awesome magazine features and even just to collect them because the cover art is so cool. You know, some people like to frame them. I like to do that. Some of us like to do that. So, you know, go pick those things up. Yeah, give us a, give us a helping hand. We, we greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, be sure to check us out on our social channels like uh, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. We've got our super replay of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts going strong, Kyle. We hit episode 10 last week. We're uh, getting jiggy with it every Friday on Twitch. Uh, I didn't just say that, by the way. It's, it's a reference. <laughs> but... You collect jiggies, to be clear. I assumed. Yes. I, I know you're young or you're old enough, Kyle, to appreciate a getting jiggy with it reference. <laughs> but, uh, so, 
so yeah to check out our streams there also uh check us out on social media we're on uh twitter instagram and we are now on threads which is it's meta right i'm probably the uh, worst person to do like a social read yeah, it's but, like, like instagram meta. right it's but, i mean like, meta owns it it's yeah like facebook but it yeah, is it is thing. directly connected to instagram like gotcha. you know uh, which uh, we we actually haven't. We, we're on there. We're going to start sort of taking it seriously soon. Um, and then Blue Sky as well. I've, I've been throwing yes. our reviews and, and major features up on Blue Sky, so follow us there as well. Yeah, and also follow us on TikTok, Gameform TikTok. You can follow some of the editors there. Uh, I'm only on Twitter for now because I'm a loser, but you can find me on Twitter at MarcusStewart7. That's the number seven. Uh, Kyle, where are you at on because you're on threads, are you not? Yeah, I'm every. I just always sign up for everything. Kyle M. Hilliard in some instances, Kyle Hilliard in others. You can follow. I have been posting everywhere like a maniac. Usually the same thing to all the different platforms because I'm just waiting for what for Twitter to die and for another one to sort of emerge and be like, okay, I'm already there. But we'll see how that goes. Right. And Charles, where can people find you on the socials? I'm also basically everywhere. I'm Chuck Duck three six five. I kind I've. I've still been using Twitter because I haven't really gotten comfortable anywhere else, but I am in the other places and I I'll probably eventually use it. <laughs> nice. So yeah. Uh, follow us there. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Also shout out to our amazing editor, Matt storm, AJ, AKA DJ storm again, keep up with their podcast, fun and games as well as their Bioware podcast reignite. Great dude. Support them. And this is the part of the show where we dive into some listener questions. If you want to ask us a question, you can do it two ways. You can either email us at podcast at gameinformer.com, or if you're part of the Game Informer Discord channel, which you can gain access to by subscribing to us on Twitch, uh, you can head to the Game Informer Shows tab and drop a question. I'll usually do a call for questions every week right before we record an episode. And yeah, this is sort of the part show where you can influence what uh, we talk about. So... Our first question is via email. This is from Mike Boyle saying, Hello, everybody at GI. First, always love listening to you guys every week, especially my fellow wrestling fan, Marcus. Shout out. My question for you guys is, is there a game in a series that is generally considered the weakest of the entries, but might actually be your favorite? For example, my favorite is Dragon Age 2 of the Dragon Age series. I like the shorter story, and I thought the side characters are better. So a series where you prefer what is considered the weakest entry. So, I, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Marcus. I would say I was thinking about this, and I think the best answer I have, at least of all the series I played, is maybe, and this is this might even be the weakest anymore, but like for a long time it was Halo 4, where oh. when that game came out, and I say this as someone that played the Halo campaigns way later than most. Like, I didn't play... Because I never had the original Xbox and I got my 360 kind of late. So up to that point, my experience with Halo was just like LAN parties with friends. So I never really played the story, but had friends like, you know, raving about it and stuff. And so when the Master Chief collection came out, I was like, oh, perfect. I can finally play the story and see what the hype is. And as games, I was like, okay, these are obviously dated and they showed her age. But then once you get to Halo 4, I was like, oh, this is the most fun because it plays like a modern <laughs> shooter. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I, I actually thought the Prometheans were like fun enemies to fight. Like they visually, they look cool and I like their weapons and they, they blow up real cool. And I, and again, this is going to be the hot take. 
it was the first time I actually kind of cared about the story. I really don't care about Halo's story. I know people do. I want it to because of all the hype, but I just, I, I don't see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I think it's fine. But like the thing with Cortana, her whole shtick about like, oh, I'm going nuts or whatever the, her corruption thing was. And Master Chief just trying to help her friend. Like that spoke to me more than anything that has ever happened to Halo. Of like, okay, I can connect with that of like a guy wanting to help his friend. And, you know, you've see, I've gotten to see that bond. And, like, that story propelled me through that game because I really wanted to see where that was going to go. And granted, it ended kind of dumb, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it had me more than any of the, like, Covenant, War, whatever stuff oh, that happened in the first three games. So I actually walked away with maybe a better impression of Halo 4. And I, I went into that being like, oh, this is where people said, like, things went downhill, right? I guess I better be ready. And I was like, oh. I'm fine with this. I I like this story better, I think. So I guess Halo 4 is my answer for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. say, I don't know if I have like I don't know if my if I have a favorite, like least liked entry in a franchise, but I do have many that are like I'm totally fine with, right? Like Fable Three, I think, is like fine. Is a solid yeah, game. And I where everyone is like, ah, oh, worse than the series, although everyone kind of forgets about that Connect game. Um <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh but uh, and then stuff like uh, another one is like Devil May Cry Two. When it came out oh. at the time, I was like, "This is fun," you know. Like, but I wasn't like I was never Devil May Cry One. I was like totally fine with, if that makes sense. It was it did not change my world as it did for many. And so when Two right. came out, I was like, "Yeah, I like he's got a, he looks older. He's got kind of a cool style." I played it and beat it, and was like didn't even really think too much about it one way or another. You know, maybe if I went back to it, I would be a different story, but. Uh, so yeah, those are some examples. But I would never call like Fable Three or Devil May Cry Two my favorite. It's more that I'm just like, yeah, these are fine. I think I I'm kind of in the similar vein where it's probably not my favorite, but I definitely have a big soft spot for it. I haven't played every Sonic game, but I played Sonic and the Black Knight at the <laughs> exact correct age. It was literally like the month of my. I think it came out in two thousand nine. Um, Sounds right. It might be a little earlier than that. Let me see. I remember no, because it was post. It was stuff. after Sonic. 06, yeah, it was. It was 2009, March 3rd, 2009. Wow. Okay, my it's a Wii game, my right? birthday. Only on yeah, only on Wii. My birthday is March 29th, and so what happened was like a week or two before my birthday, my dad walks into Toys R Us and is like, "Hey, I got a kid turning nine. We have he has a Wii. What's the? It's a good game to get him." The the Toys R Us guy was like, "Oh, you gotta get him Sonic and the Black Knight." <laughs> so it was a thing I had never heard of open it up and i'm like bro sonic's got a sword and uh <laughs> later found out people i don't think people think it's the worst game in this series but it's not like definitely not in a lot of people's top ones yeah. but it was a thing where every time i went back to it i was like this is so cool and it's also like they take like sonic characters and like knuckles isn't even called knuckles he's just sir gawain and shadow the what? hedgehog is just sir lancelot and oh, so they, the just, just, they just replaced historical Mythos? figures with have you them? played this game at all no charles no. no one has played this game <laughs> <laughs> okay so i've seen i've seen like out of context cutscenes from it but like but so it's a king arthur got. it's just the king arthur mythos but with sonic characters sort of playing the roles i guess so the plot on, on Wikipedia, the first part, it says, A wizard named Merlina, granddaughter of Merlin, Merlina. attempts to flee from a black knight and his forces. Cornered, she performs a spell, casting forth a champion to save her, summoning Sonic the Hedgehog from his universe. 
So Sonic is summoned out of his world into this King Arthur world. And it's like this alternate reality where all the Sonic characters are like knights of the round table and Sonic gets a sword. And it's this gameplay where you go around and you like just are slashing in like normal Sonic gameplay. That's um, so weird. I have, I have so many questions. God, I was going to say, like, were they already Sonic characters in the world or did Sonic arriving transform all the people into his friends? I think they were already there. Because that's even weirder, honestly, if they were already echidnas and foxes, but Marcus, Sonic showing I, I, up. I'm looking it up on eBay uh, for a potential super replay. It's only like 12 yeah. bucks. Oh, my God. Oh, so we might have to God. have Charles I'd, come play some Sonic in the Black. Mode. I would, I would give anything, dude. If you, I if know. you got excited, if you saw Sonic with a sword, you were like Sonic with a sword. What? You should check out a little game called Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same so, thing. I definitely should. It was just a thing of like, I as a nine year old, I didn't think guns were cool. Maybe if that game had come that's out a, when that's I was that's a like, good mentality yeah. for a nine year old. <laughs> Maybe you know. That, if I Shadow the Hedgehog that. came out when I was like 13, I would have been like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> See, Kyle and I grew up in the 90s where, where guns were maybe too cool. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yeah, they, they, they messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, I Wachowskis. That, <laughs> we need to get these sword-loving kids back in, yeah, <laughs> back in business. Alrighty. Uh, so thank, thank you for sending that, uh, Mike. Uh, our next question is from uh, Judonkadonk in Discord. Uh, short and sweet, what task in real life would you want Pikmin for? The dishes. Now, before you answer, well, before you answer I want to. I need to establish now, if Pikmin are in real life, are they to scale? Like, because in, in Pikmin, mm. they're, like, tiny. Yeah. So, like, are they tiny to us to where, like, they would be ants? Or are they to scale, like, are we to scale of Olimar where they're they come up to like our knees or however tall they are because that's going to change the tasks that they get. Well, yes and no. I think they are to scale. They are not to scale because Pikmin are Pikmin, right? Like, right. There's so a, like for us, they seem like they exist on earth even. So if we have right. Pikmin in real life, they would be ant sized, I think. Okay. So that's okay. what we're, that's what we're keeping in yeah, mind. But you could grab a fistful of them and throw them at, I don't know, the dishes and they would just carry all the dishes. I'm sure into you could the ask them politely instead of <laughs> chucking them at your plate. Oh, okay. They only understand one language, and that's being thrown at something. And then they realize they have to carry it for some reason. And whistle. That's right. And whistle. Yes. Okay, good point. Oh, I can't whistle, so I gotta just gonna be throwing them. Well, they have they have physical whistles in their um, helmets, which is such a weird thing that like I always thought was funny is. There are space travelers who had whistles built into their helmets, and then when they crash land on this planet, it's like just what are the odds that you happen to have a whistle <laughs> built into your helmet that would perfectly work with these little creatures? Also, that a creature's survival instinct would be like loud sound, run into that. I feel like every instinct in my body, if I heard a big thing, I'm like, I gotta get away from that. That's scary, uh, shrill sound. Okay, so you say dishes, Kyle? I, dishes, yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm way behind on dishes right now and my sink is like full of dishes at this very moment. But uh, I would love to just chuck a handful of blue Pikmin at the dishes and have them take care of it for me. I feel like dusting would be useful. You know, there's so many nooks and crannies in your house. You're like, oh, I could reach, but I don't want to. I got to stand on something or get a log rod. <laughs> and like, you could just tell Pikmin to climb up there. Or, this is relevant to me, maybe dental work. <laughs> like if you could, <laughs> like instead oh, no. of paying a bunch of money 
you could just like trust the Pikmin. Like you just open your mouth, maybe even take a nap because you could probably trust them to not like screw not screw you things. up. Like I'm gonna sleep, have my mouth open. You guys get in there and just clean clean up. So there's know? uh there's rock Pikmin uh that you will throw at granite walls to break them, and you throw the Pikmin at the wall. But then what they do is they get in a loop where they just throw their bodies at the wall to break the wall, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not sitting there hammering with their arms. They they get in a loop where they throw themselves at the wall, walk a couple feet away, throw themselves at the wall. So what I'm suggesting, Marcus, is that's what they would do with your teeth, is they would go mm-hmm. in your mouth and just throw themselves at your tooth until it's shattered. And then Uh-oh. the flying Pikmin take the bits out. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds great. I would... I would have them take out the trash because if back when I lived in a, a house, it wasn't that big of a deal because it was just like I just go out the back door and put the dumpster there. But now I live in an apartment. It's like I got to walk through all the halls or go to the stairs or whatever. So I just take like, I don't know, 2000 Pikmin. I don't know how much it would take to carry a heavy trash bag. Well, you get the purple ones. The purple ones are equivalent to 100 Pikmin. So you get like 100 oh, purple Pikmin. Yeah. Boom, Throw them at this. Give them an hour. <laughs> Because of the scale of how long it takes. To the point where you probably should have just taken it yourself. Yeah, I don't know if they can go downstairs. Well, you can also just throw like a ton of red Pikmin at it, and then they just take each trash item individually. You know? Because they'll come back on their own and keep the loop going. It'll just take a long time. Oh, like maybe you don't even have a trash can in that case. Maybe you just, whatever trash you have, you just throw it into the assembly line. Like, you have an assembly line of red Pikmin, you you just carry it outside. Like, you're just throwing trash in the ground constantly. (laughs) Now, one one more thing. We're so big, we could fit the thing in our hand with Pikmin. I take a hundred red Pikmin, sprinkle it on my empty can, throw it out the window, so they don't even have to walk around. Okay, but then is the can gonna crush and kill them? I mean, not the fall. No, if, they're, if they're all together, <laughs> the there's no them? fall damage. They don't in take Pikmin. fall damage. No. Okay. I don't think so. Anyway, I, I don't know if I want to see the the little ghost in real life. I feel like it's going to be heartbreaking. Nah, like true. Yeah. Also, I I think the last thing is that I was, I would have them kill things in my house that I don't want because I'm oh you know, bugs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. a big old like if a big old roach or spider came in, he could be like, get get that, please <laughs> deal with that. I don't even want to see it. Just carry it outside. Do what you got to do. And then you can see them do their little leaf head thing over and over. (laughs) (laughs) That's always fun. Uh, Our last question comes from Mash Start Button from Discord. Uh, A two-parter. First, in honor of Exoprimal, what's your favorite dinosaur and why? And also, if you could design your own mech, what super weapon would you have? Rocket punches, kicks, beam cannon, laser eyes? So we'll start with favorite dinosaur. Mine, growing up, it was a Triceratops. I thought that's because it's like the the rival to the T-Rex. So I always thought that was cool. I used to have the little plastic the toy things. You put them against each other. You're like, yeah, this thing can stab this thing. Take that stupid T-Rex. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe these days it's probably like a Velociraptor. Specifically, I guess, Jurassic Park's version of it, which I think I forget what the real animal that it's based on because it's not a Velociraptor. Like the real Velociraptor is like tiny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I said it earlier, Ankylosaurus, because it has my name in it. Is that really the only reason? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Reason. I mean, it's not bad. I'm just <laughs> I'm judging your dinosaur choices. <laughs> um, I don't really identify like with a dinosaur. I I want to go with like I'll just go like Brontosaurus because they're pretty long and I'm pretty tall, so I feel like I can relate to them on that. 
but it would be the one I'd most want to meet. I think you would want to meet that one. Yeah, I guess that's fair. They're, yeah. they're I don't want to meet forward. a T Rex or the, a Velociraptor. Does the scene in Jurassic Park when they see it for the first time and they're just like so in awe? <laughs> Does that influence that? Because I, I mean, I, it would me. Like I was like, I think I would have that same reaction if I saw that thing. Well, also, they seem but, to be friendly. Is the other thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to meet an herbivore. Yeah. Uh, that their reaction getting out of the car. That's what it was like meeting my girlfriend's family for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Them just, to you. You're glad. You're like doing this with your glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's so, <laughs> so tall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And. uh for your mech suit, what's your like? What's your ultimate weapon? What's what's your thing? Uh, are there are there any limitations on this? Are we like going like Iron uh, Man rules? Or yeah, is this just, I guess like, whatever you think you could slap on a like Gundam gets pretty wild, right? Like, isn't there a Gundam with like angel wings for some reason? <laughs> so. I mean, I would just want to be able to leap, like leap like hundreds of feet in the air, like borderline Ooh. fly. You just want like good jet boots, yeah, and then like the, that would help me softly land. Right, like I just want to be able to, like even maybe even more than flying. I think like just being able to really? leap would be just fun, you know. Would you use it offensively, like to stomp on like a monster? Or oh something, or no, no, just like going to the grocery store or something. Like it would just <laughs> You'd be probably kill a few people jumping and landing a lot. I, yeah, I mean, I would. Get, I would get <laughs> you really have to. Mechanism. You really have to yeah. be careful with your landings. Yeah, but that, yeah, no, I would just be running errands. <laughs> I'm not going into a war zone. I just want to be able to leap and jump you know that'd be fun that'd be cool okay i feel like the coolest thing that a lot of mexicans have are a sword and it's a sword that's not even attached to suit like i've always thought it was silly but cool to have a weapon that was not integrated into the mexican like <laughs> yeah then yeah. it's like it's the same like you, you you're adopting all the same problems that a human being has of like having to unsheath a sword and if they lose the sword then like the enemy could use it it's like why wouldn't it just come out of their arm or transform into a, a, that weapon. But at the same time, it's so cool because you're like, somebody sat down and built this and like, yeah, I, it should have a physical sheath that it puts its detachable sword into. Cause that's good design for some reason. Like it's so <laughs> yeah. stupid that it's cool. So I think I will, even though I'm like railing against it, I think I also would like a detachable mech sword. <laughs> I, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate that you were like these are all the reasons this doesn't make sense and it makes me want it more <laughs> you're like straight up like this is improbable and I like it um, I think thinking about it I think I would do like how how big is this mech also because I feel like they can really it can really just be like an exoskeleton uh, I, or it can I, be like I guess if, if we're using exoprimal they're like like a little bit bigger than human size they're like Iron Man like yeah that, okay yeah like that kind of yeah I want back boosters on my back and legs to be like that guy from my hero academia who can like run really fast because he's got like the engines and i think that would just be really fun to have like because i feel like running isn't fun but if i had jet boosters i would run all the time just because it would it'd be like running on one of those uh like moving sidewalks at the airport where it's like i feel so fast right yeah. now <laughs> i feel like if i was already good at being fast i would do it all the time and also then it would double as like going to the store <laughs> Like would you be minutes. doing the like sort of like shadow the hedgehog like skating sort of yeah. run yeah. yeah okay you get okay. a sword i'll get a gun i'll be the shadow <laughs> to your sonic also in the, in the jump everywhere in the my hero academia context he's one of the characters that just like looks like a normal person yeah you know where it's like i would love froppy's abilities but i don't really want to look like a frog <laughs> if i can help <laughs> it you know yeah 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 awesome i still need to watch that show it's, it's oh, on it's my good. list 
I, I have yeah. fallen off recently. I'm not caught up, but uh, that's a good show. Alrighty. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back next Thursday. Same Game Informer show time. Same Game Informer show channel. You know the ones, which I guess is YouTube, which is what you're watching this on. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for joining me, uh, Kyle and Charles. Kyle, thank you again for lending your amazing voice. We will never forget it. <laughs> and I mean it literally because it. now it lives on the internet forever. We can pull it up whenever we want. So That'll be uh, a great TikTok. I think we'll play it at your funeral. <laughs> if, if you allow us to do that. God, I, guess I have a lot of like Game Informer archive videos that are just truly embarrassing that could be played <laughs> at my funeral. Okay. One involving blue blue face paint and singing, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, I won't go into more detail, but if you know Game Informer, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, well, you know, go look those up until next week. Or and don't. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> you don't have to look them up. <laughs> and thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next week have a good one bye bye